everyone. Welcome into Locker Room Talk. Thank you for joining our podcast. This is our first of many episodes that we will be recording. Uh, so I'm Brian, as most of you probably already know, alongside my good friend, Matt. How's everybody doing today? Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's doing well today. Let's, uh, if they're not, we'll, uh, we'll change that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, let me just kind of jump right into it give you a little bit of background about us because uh, I figure that's important for the viewer to kind of know what perspective we're coming from. Exactly. Uh, obviously, I live in the New England area, so uh, while I'm not a fan of any New England teams, but I uh, I have more knowledge than uh, I probably should about most of these teams. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I'm a Packers fan in the NFL for hockey. I like the Predators. For baseball, I like the Pirates, and basketball, I like the Bucks. So I'm kind of all over the map. All over the map. Um, yeah. For me, I am living in the New York area, so mainly all of my teams are New York teams. Like I like the Yankees. I'm a fan of the Rangers. I am a Patriots fan because I grew up going down to Cape Cod, and there's a big backstory on that. Just kind of got fed into Pat's Nation, so that's where uh, my fandom lies with that. Um, and then for the NBA, I like the Cavs, but I kind of just like watching basketball. I'm not really a specific fan of any team, realistically, if I'm going to be honest with myself. So a little bit. Of yeah, the, yeah. The former LeBron led Cavs. Exactly. So sad to see him go, but hopefully he can bring a championship to uh, LA, especially this year with what kind of happened with Kobe and everything. Yeah. So kind of going off that, I mean, I've been to a good amount of sports stadiums and uh, I definitely say my favorite sports stadium is Lambeau field, which for those of you who don't know is where the Packers play. Uh, so Matt, I don't know if you have a favorite. Um, I've only, well, I've been to, I've been to Gillette stadium, which is where the Patriots play Yankee stadium. Obviously I've also been to a couple of different baseball stadiums. Like I've been to Philly. I've been to Washington's field. Um, I've been to Baltimore and uh, from what I've been to, I, I, Yankee Stadium is super nice. But honestly, um, Camden Yards is probably one of the nicest baseball stadiums I've ever seen. Now, I've only seen four, but and there could be many more that are super nice. But from what I've seen, Camden Yards is, like, super clean. Everywhere is a great view of the field um, and stuff like that. So I'd probably have to say Camden Yards from what I've been to so far. Yeah, I bet there were only, like, 50 fans at the – there was nobody there. Everybody left. They were playing the Twins last year. I think it was like 13-3 to three in like the third inning or something like that. It was bad. Nelson Cruz had like 16 home runs in the second inning. So, <laughs> it was it was bad and everybody was leaving. But. I was going to say, tickets were probably only like, what, like 10 bucks? I think it was like, yeah, I think, yeah, something like that. 15 bucks, 20 bucks. But it was fun. It was a super nice night when we went. So, Camden Yards is my pick. Yeah, no, I've, baseball, I've been, to, uh, I've been to Wrigley and I've been to Fenway. I was meaning um when I go back to New Jersey later this year, I uh planning on going to both New York stadiums. So we're gonna go uh, to the game together. That'll be good. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, well, I wanted to go this year when uh snow was it snow that when the Pirates it? are playing. Well, that was that was the Giants Packers game. Oh we were yeah, yeah. Go to. Mm-hmm. yeah, that it did snow that day. That did, um, but. For baseball, the Pirates are playing. Supposed to play the uh, the Yankees, and then COVID happened. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, we'll talk more about COVID. We'll talk yeah. more about COVID later. But mm-hmm. um, so obviously now we're in playoff mode in both the NBA and the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we figure that's that's a good way to start. We're going to start with the NHL because uh, their playoff series have actually started, mm-hmm. and they had their playing round. We're, we're kind of your overall thoughts of that round robin and playoff type series, letting 12 teams in from uh, each conference. Um, I think it was probably the best option that the NHL could have had. Um, that way it gave teams that were on the fence of the playoffs or kind of like the lower seeds going into when the season ended um, a chance to make the playoffs. Basically. Um, I don't think the NHL could have done it any better. Um, 
I think seeding, and I think a lot of teams were kind of frustrated. Like, so I know like the Carolina Hurricanes going into the series with the Rangers were very annoyed that that's how the NHL was doing it. Obviously, they're cheering about it right now, but um, in terms of how they handled, I think they did a good job with it. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little indifferent. Obviously, being a Predators fan, it's kind of – I mean, they were the sixth seed. Granted, it's they should have beat the team in front of them, the Coyotes. But, I mean, I think they were well off. They were going to make the playoffs. So, seeing them out of it is kind of tough. But I do think it's it's fair because you see teams sometimes that make late-season runs. Like, these teams still had double-digit games to play. Mm-hmm. So – and you see these teams like the Canadians knocking off the Penguins. Uh, I mean, it's good for the sport. It definitely creates more, uh, like, viewership. And it was nice to see some of the bigger market teams and the Blackhawks, who probably realistically weren't going to get in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. now they're actually in the playoffs uh, yeah. after winning their play-in series against the Oilers. So, uh Obviously, for those top-tier teams, as you said, like the Hurricanes, going in, there kind of was pessimism. Mm-hmm. But uh, the round robin, I thought I wasn't as a big a fan of because, obviously, I think the Bruins were pretty easily going to be the one seed. Yeah. Um, granted, they they did not perform up to that in the round robin, and uh, they ended up as the four. But, you know, that's another thing I don't – I don't really know how you would handle that unless mm-hmm. you would make like two, three, and four play for their seating. But I think all in all, every team had an opportunity. And like in any playoffs, it's whoever capitalizes. And mm-hmm. teams like the Penguins, the Predators just didn't get the job done. And now they're out. The Bruins are a four seed instead of a one seed. So, um, yeah. but then again, in hockey, it's, anything can happen. Anything There's can happen. really no whole much. Yeah, exactly. There's no home ice. The funniest part about it is they're playing games in the Toronto and Edmonton, and both, both those teams, teams got yeah. bounced. <laughs> both teams got bounced in the in the playing round. Yeah, um, I think you hit it on the head. I think that is a perfect way of describing it. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, again, it's frustrating for some teams, but it's yeah, good I for guess. Sport. I get like the high, like the teams, like like the Penguins, who were probably getting in regardless. Even the Hurricanes were they were a lower seed, but I think that they would have probably gotten in. The Rangers were one of those teams that was making like a late playoff push with double digit games left, and I think they, if they played with the momentum like that they had, they would have easily been in the playoffs and probably be watching Ranger hockey right now. But I think since when COVID happened, it kind of threw everybody's momentum if they had it off. Um, so, like, when the Rangers came out to play the Hurricanes, they just looked awful. Probably probably the worst hockey I think I've ever seen them play. So, that's kind of tough to watch because I feel like the result may have been different if they weren't – if they didn't have to stop their season. Um, but that's hockey. Anything can happen. Not to say the Rangers would have made the playoffs, would have been eliminated, but that's what it is, and that's, that's where we're at now. So, I well, guess yeah, – exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we could just delve into each series that's going on right now. Um, we can start off with the one seed Golden Knights versus the Blackhawks. What are your opinions on that series? Who do you think is going to come out on top? Uh, Golden Knights are up two nothing right now. Uh, game two, I was watching it last night. It's a, it was a very good game. Uh, Vegas pulling out in overtime. Uh, the Blackhawks, they're just one of those pesky teams. Uh, they've underperformed the past couple of years, but this is a perfect example for them. I mean, they're a team that hasn't been able to put it together for a whole season, but give those guys like Taze, Kane, Keith, give them time to get their legs back under them. Mm-hmm. And that playoff experience, they've won a couple cups, um, and they're right in it. I mean, I think they're in trouble right now. I have the Knights going to the finals um, before the series started. So I think the Blackhawks, they kind of got a tough draw. I think the Avalanche would have been the better matchup for them personally, Mm -hmm. uh, just because they're a little bit uh, less experienced. That's crazy to say, considering the Knights are uh, the newest franchise. But 
Yeah, no, they uh they've had a couple of really good runs, whereas the Avalanche recently have haven't had uh too much success in the postseason. Yeah. But no, I think that I picked the Knights in six. Okay. I just think that guys like Mark Stone, March Assault, and I just think Leonard's playing well. Crawford, I'm not his biggest fan, so I just think the Knights are the more well balanced and uh Kane and Taze are really gonna have to play exceptional, exceptional hockey if they're gonna any or win four out of the next five yeah that's really tough I also have the Golden Knights in six um like you said the Golden Knights they've just kind of figured it out since they joined the league um they kind of just they play really well together they've had the same kind of guys I mean they just added Mark Stone um so I think they just they play really really well together and I think that's what's going to kind of carry them through the playoffs um if I'm not mistaken they've made the playoffs every year since they've been in the league, or did they miss last year? No, they've been in. Every yeah, year. so they, they've they've kind of figured it out, put it together. I mean, they made a cup run their first year in the league, which is crazy, seeing as they kind of just pick and chose, like, different players from teams. Um, so I think Knights in six, I think that's a good bet. I think the Blackhawks will get a couple, but all in all, I think the Knights are going to come away with that series. Moving on to the number two seed, Colorado Avalanche, versus the number seven seed, coyotes um what do you think about that series brian (laughs) i uh i mean i i think the avalanche are gonna win five did you watch Um, the game yesterday yeah 45 to 14 i think they had 14 shots on goal the coyotes right that's ridiculous that is awful Yeah. yeah no it's i mean i've i watched all the coyotes predator series obviously and well, when I I've talked to you kind of off the show about it, but Darcy Kampfner, he uh, <laughs> he's never gonna play a better series in his life than he did uh, against the Predators. That's how the last series was. The Predators would outshoot them like fifty to thirty, mm-hmm. and Kampfner would come off come up with like forty eight saves, and they yeah. lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avalanche, I just think, I mean, they're a quicker team than Nashville. Uh, guys like McKinnon, Landeskog, Kale McCarr. That's just a tough team tough matchup the coyotes are a team that when they get behind they're not they don't have the goal scoring that they're going to come back they play a slower game uh they did so well against nashville because they get up early and they're good at protecting leads but once they get down they're not the best at coming back so yeah again the avalanche i just think have a little bit too much yeah plain and simple i had the avalanche winning four in a row i think they're going to sweep the coyotes i don't think the coyotes are anywhere near where they need to be to even put up a fight against the avalanche. Um, like you said, they're just quicker. They're just better at moving the puck. Um, that's really all. I mean, there's not much to say. I think it's just going to be a quick four game series. Colorado's going to get in and out of there and uh, move on to the next round. Yeah. The next series we have is the number three stars versus the number six flames. Yeah, I mean, I've watched both of the the first two games. I think this is the best series out west. Uh, I think you're going to see the best games out here. Last night, the Stars won a a wild one, 5-4. I mean, Bishop couldn't play game one, which obviously hurt the Stars. But these are just two very good offensive teams. And I just think at the end of the day, Bishop is the better goaltender in this series. Um, And – I just think guys like Sagan and Jamie Ben and Miro Heiskanen, who uh, I'm le- mad, uh, I'm letting everyone know who that is. And Good. So, yeah, I don't think a lot of people know who that is. I didn't know who that was. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the best young defenders in hockey. He, uh, if you if you watch them, number four, he's really good. But uh, the Flames, they get guys like Johnny Gaudreau and Lucic, who's a kind of a veteran on that team, mm-hmm. but. At the end of the day, I just think the goaltending of the Stars is going to be a little bit too much. But if you want to watch a nice, uh, fast-paced, hard-hitting series, I think that's the Stars one's definitely the one that you want to watch if you want to stay up uh, at 10 at night for all, those, <laughs> all these yeah. games. Yep. Um, yeah, I got the Stars in seven, um, just like you do. Um, like you said, it's just a super, super – it's like – they're kind of an, they're kind of even, but I think that, like you said, the Stars' goaltending is gonna end up winning them the series over the Flames. Um, that's really all I I don't I haven't watched any of these games, 
so I don't really know much about the series and how it's played out right now. Is it one one in this? Is the what is the series one one right now? Yes. All right. The so, Flames won game one, and uh, the Stars won last night in game two. Right. So I think yeah, I think it's gonna be one of those series that goes back and forth. I don't I don't think you're gonna see a a team either one of the Stars or the Flames go up by two games. I think it's gonna go one 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 up to game seven, and whoever wins game seven is gonna obviously come away with the series. Next series yeah. we got up is the number four seed Blues versus the number five seed Canucks. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, I mean, going into it, you would think the Blues would easily win in five, maybe four, based off of last year, because the Blues brought back pretty much their entire team. But this Canucks team, I mean, I, I watched them in the playing round against the Wild. Uh, they're good. They're young. Markstrom, he's an experienced goalie. Uh, I mean, I still think the Blues are going to win just based off their experience. Uh, the Blues game is actually going on right now. Uh, it might be over. It was three. They were uh, the Canucks were up three to two. I'm not sure if it ended, but if that's the case, it'd be two nothing Canucks. Um, but going into the series, I had Blues in six. But the young guy Quinn Hughes on the on the um, on the Canucks is really good. He's probably going to win rookie of the year. Uh, so I just think the Blues with Bennington, while I don't think he's as good as he obviously was last year in the playoffs, I just think that the experience of Petrangelo, Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko. Yeah, those guys are beefy. Braden, Braden Shen. At the end of the day, I think those guys can prevail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've if, if they lost, then I would probably – Seven, your pick of seven is probably the better number, but mm-hmm. um, don't be shocked if the Canucks win. I mean, it's a four or five matchup for a reason. Yeah, the game is going into overtime right now. It's tied three to three. The Blues have 36 shots on goal and the Canucks have 22. So it looks like the Blues have been playing a little bit better of a game. Um, see what happens in overtime with that series later tonight. Um, moving over to the Eastern Conference, we have the number one seed Flyers versus the number eight seed Montreal Canadiens. Um, this series is shocking to me. I didn't think the Flyers were that great, but I guess they've been playing a really good year. They had a really good year. I know they were higher up in the standings, um, but I didn't think they were going to play that well in their their round robin games to get them the number one seed. Um, but yeah, they, 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 were for, they were fourth going into it. Yeah. They have a lot of experienced guys in those those top couple lines, like Claude Giroux and some of those guys. Um, they just play really well. They've played together well for a while. They're finally starting to click a little bit. I know they used to kind of be not that great, but over the past couple of seasons, you've seen that they, they've showed that they have the potential um, to be a playoff team and to compete at that level. Um, so I think I think the Flyers come away with this series. Um, do I want to uh, Flyers? What's the series at right now? Is it one one? Yeah, it's one one. One one. The, the the Canadians won five nothing today. All right, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with like like you have Flyers in six. I think the Flyers will take it in six. I don't think that series goes seven games. Yeah, for a one eight matchup, uh, I think this is. I mean, the Canadians were the twelve seed technically going into the plan. But, I mean, I've, I've told you a lot off kind of this show that I think Carey Price is he's, – he's an amazing goalie. Um, I think the Canadians – he's the only reason they've been somewhat decent in years past. While the record haven't, hasn't been great in the past couple of years, he's just played phenomenal in that. Um, and I think he he would scare me if I was a Flyers fan. Um, just because he, he just in that he doesn't let easy shots go in. Uh, what you really have to do is you have to you have to get in front of the net. You got to get guys like Kevin Hayes uh, and uh, Oscar Lindbaum. You got to get them in front of the net, and uh, you got to make sure that you screen them because that's he's going to be very tough to score on. Yeah. Uh, the main reason I picked the Flyers is just because they were more consistent all season. Uh, they do, like you like you mentioned, guys like Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier uh, have been playing really well. 
Carter Hart's their young goalie. He's only 22, and he played really well in the round robin. Today he got shook. Obviously, he got pulled, and he allowed four goals. So mm. we're going to see. We're definitely going to see if how he bounces back in game three. I think they'll stay with him. But, um, again, I picked the Flyers in six, but uh, I'm getting less and less confident in that pick with the Canadians having guys like Shea Weber and Max mm. Domi. Yeah. Know? Definitely Flyers. probably one of the better series in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, next series we have is probably the most infamous one in the Eastern Conference so far. We get the Lightning versus the Blue Jackets, who went to a five-overtime game, game one, which was insane. Corpusalo had a record, NHL record of 85 saves, um, absolutely played lights out. It's a shame they couldn't win the damn game for them. After after he played the game he played, but um, this series is probably gonna be probably gonna be a very very good hard fought back and forth series I would think. Um, both teams have extremely talented players on them. Um, Kucherov coming off the season he had, um, it just he's just getting better and better. Um, the Blue Jackets are obviously playing really really well. Um, I think that a lot of people are picking the lightning what I, from what I've seen, but like, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go blue jackets in part of me wants to say six, but I think this is going to be one, another seven game series. So I think I'm going to say blue jackets in seven. I think they're just yeah, going to yeah. wear, I think they're going to wear down the lightning. I think that's what's going to end up happening is the lightning is just going to be trying to keep up with them. I mean that's 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 also what I have. Finally, um, I just think you know the Lightning. They're one of these other teams that they have not been able to put it all together. I mean, I think their roster is probably among the best in hockey, if not the best. Um, this is the kind of series. If they win, I think they can make the cup. It's just a matter of getting by, because John Tortorella teams, if nothing else, are pesky no they like to play physical they like to wear you down they got a lot of experienced guys with uh seth jones nick felino uh pierre luke dubois he uh he had a hat trick the other night he's playing really well um again i just if if the lightning uh win i'm not going to be surprised because i think they're supposed to but Mm -hmm. I think they're they're definitely the Blue Jackets in these games have definitely uh, looked like a team that is just going out there and playing. The Lightning look like a team that know that they're the favorites and they uh, and they need to win. So yeah. uh, again, <laughs> that's this series could easily be two nothing Blue Jackets. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think Blue Jackets and Seven is probably the way I'd go as well. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next series. We got the Capitals versus the Islanders. Capitals are the three seed, and the Islanders are the six seed. Um, this series is shocking, shocking me. Um, Islanders are up 1-0 in the series. They're currently winning the game right now, 3-2, to two, with about six minutes to go in the second period as we're recording this. Um, so that's shocking because the Capitals have an insanely good offense. And, I mean, they're scoring goals, but somehow the Islanders are keeping up with them. And I, I think the Islanders are a little bit faster, um, if I'm remembering who's on the team correctly. Um, so, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if the Islanders actually if – if they win tonight, I think that's big. To go up 2-0 on a team like the Capitals um, makes it extremely difficult for them to come back. Um, and if they win tonight, I wouldn't be shocked if they win the series in five or six games. Yeah, I mean – uh, going down to nothing. If you're the Capitals, that's very concerning. I have they were the te- my team out of the East that I thought would get back to the Cup. I didn't think they'd win. I, I have Vegas winning, but um, you know the Islanders, they've been playing pretty well as of late. They, I mean, I don't think the Florida Panthers are that good, but they have Bobrovsky, who's an experienced goalie. Um, so the way that they uh, so how they made them look was impressive. And uh, 
you know, guys like Matthew Barzal, Anders Lee, John Gabriel Pajot, uh, they've been playing really well for the Islanders. Again, I, I still think the Capitals are a kind of team that if they go down 2-0, I think they can bounce back. I think that it's going to be tough to come back. But, again, I think being cup-tested, I think they can come back. Uh, I, I had them winning the series in six. I'm going to leave it that way. But, but if they go up 2-0, it's going to be tough to win four in a row. So yeah. um, I'm going to Capitals just because I think guys like Ovechkin, Holpe, uh, Oshie, Backstrom, I think they can they can get the job done. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. I think I'm going to go Islanders in six. And if they win tonight, I'm changing my answer to Islanders in five. Because if they, if they go up 2-0, oh, it's just going to – I think that's just going to give them a lot of momentum and confidence going into the next few games. Um, all right, moving on to the final um, game, well, final series in the Eastern Conference Finals. We have the Bruins versus the Hurricanes. Um, Bruins fell down to the four seed after their round robin, and the Hurricanes are the fifth seed going into that series. What do you think about that series, Brian? Because it's one-to-one, right? Yes, one one. One one. Um I uh yeah. Oh no, go ahead. I think I think that the I think the Hurricanes are underrated. I think I think they came out to play against the Rangers. The Rangers look horrible, but the Hurricanes didn't look bad. They play they play this game where they play really, really good defense and then they just skate up ice and they, they transition quickly and they move the puck and watching the games, watching the three games um that I saw. I, the Hurricanes just looked really, really good. It, it looks like they're playing with like a chip on their shoulder almost, um, with with them complaining about in the beginning of the when the whole COVID happened, they were complaining and the coach didn't think it was right or whatever, blah blah blah. Um, but I think I think the Hurricanes have a legit chance to knock off the Bruins, um, especially after the Bruins have been playing not their best hockey. Um, they capitalized on a big game, the Hurricanes, when. Pasternak wasn't playing. Pasternak was out. He was unfit to play game two. Um, and the Hurricanes capitalized, came out, won that game. Um, so my pick is Hurricanes in six. Um, could be right, could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I just think that the Hurricanes are kind of underrated in that series. And I think everybody's looking at the Bruins as the top dogs in the East, which they were, and they probably would still be if COVID didn't happen. But since, since they had this little restart, I think the Bruins kind of fell off a little bit, have lost their footing. Um, and I think the Bruins have a shot to go down. And that's not just me saying that because I'm a Rangers fan. And I would love to see the Bruins lose. Um, just a hockey fan looking at it from both sides. The Bruins are a very, very talented team. And I wouldn't be shocked that the Bruins won three games in a row. Um, I just think if the Hurricanes can keep it competitive, then I think they have a good shot at winning the series. Yeah, no, this is, this is your tip uh veteran team versus a young ascending team uh last year obviously we saw this matchup in the easter conference finals and the bruins really had their way with the hurricanes um but i think the hurricanes really grew up a lot from that series i mean i think i still think the bruins are going to win the series i picked it from the beginning uh but alluding to your point since the restart the bruins have have not uh have not looked great and Guys like Rask, uh, he had a post-game interview last night. That was where brutal. He said, uh, yeah, he said that uh, he's just trying to have fun and that it kind of feels like exhibition games. Yeah, he said it doesn't feel like playoff hockey. I can try. Let me try to pull up the, the actual quote. Um, yeah, I was gonna it, say, wasn't, it wasn't a good answer at all. It was definitely not something he should have. He should have. Yeah, seen. I guess. My main point from that is you're the you're the goalie of uh, a team that's looking to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, I guess you're he's a very he's an experienced player. It's the kind of thing that he's a he's a good goalie. I personally I I know you feel the same way. I think he's a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. I think in the postseason he he shrivels up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a Vesna winner, so obviously accomplished goalie. I, I think he's good. I don't think he's great. Yeah, and exactly. There, I think in this series, at times, he's going to need to play great. And 
I think he can do it for a game or two. Um, but man, the this this Hurricanes team I really like. I mean, they yeah. got guys like Sebastian Ajo. I always mess up how to say his name. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not even gonna try to say it. Um, he's he's been playing really well. Uh, yeah. Justin Williams is kind of that veteran leader. He won uh, yeah. some cups with the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think they do need to find a goalie eventually. I think flip-flopping is not going to pan out in the long run. Um, but, you know, I think this this is the kind of team that gives the Bruins problems, teams that play fast. Uh, you got a guy, Chara, who is obviously older, kind of slow. Uh, McAvoy, I think, is made for the series. But I think it's the kind of thing if Pasternak doesn't come back, which I thought it was odd. He didn't play the other night. They said it was something, some sort of injury. Uh, they showed him. Uh, they showed before the game. They showed like highlights from the, the night before him celebrating with teammates. But if he doesn't play in the series, I think it's going to be very tough for the Bruins to win. Mm-hmm. If he okay. comes back, I think they have a better shot. But for sure. uh, having guys like Bergeron, as I said, Marchand, as much as me and you don't, don't uh, like. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. He's like hateably I, good. He's just annoyingly good is the way to put it. Yeah, he's he's a very good player. And uh guys like him and you know, Krug, Coil, I think they have enough that they can get through this series, but again, I think if if we're playing this out and you see uh the Canucks just won by the way, so they're up two oh on the uh, okay. blues. Good update. If you see team if you see like the Flyers, the Hurricanes, the Islanders, and the Blue Jackets. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Hurricanes get to the Cup. No, if, absolutely uh, not. Those are four. Yeah, um, I think it's a big possibility. If the Capitals, the Lightning, and the Bruins go out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, no, I think the Bruins win, but I think picking the Hurricanes is also a good bet right now mm-hmm. based off of how they've been playing. Yeah. So, I found what uh, Tuka Rask had said post-game, too. So, yesterday – in his post-game interviews or whatever, he said, I'm not stressing too much about results. It's August, and I haven't played hockey in forever. He then followed it up and said, to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like playoff hockey out there with no fans. It feels like an exhibition game. So not really not really the best response you want from a goalie that, one, is coming off a loss, and two, is kind of supposed to be a leader on that team. Really wasn't the first part wasn't wasn't that great of an answer. The second part I understand because um, I'm sure it definitely doesn't feel like playoff games out there with no fans. But the first part to say that you're just you're not stressing about games and because it, it's August and it, it doesn't make sense. It's just not a smart answer to say, especially when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup in a shortened season like this. I mean, I think the fact that he said it isn't great, but if that's how he actually feels. I mean, I think that's that's a major red flag. Um, yeah. I mean, I if I'm Bruce Cassidy, I I don't think I'd bench him, but I'd certainly have the thought. That's well, that was the other thing that I was gonna say is I wouldn't be shocked if Cassidy plays Halak game three, or if they lose game three, if he plays game four. I I wouldn't be shocked I if Halak comes in in game three or four. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Halak. I yeah. I think yeah. I, I think he'll leave Rask in three. If Rask doesn't look good or he looks kind of lackluster, Cassidy, I think, is the kind of guy that might spruce things up and put in a lock. But, again, I think that's worst-case scenario for the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, so, kind of off that, we uh, – I mean, we'll dive more into these series as they move on. But I think, all in all, we've given a pretty good overview of uh, all the series. Again, if you have any more questions – you want us to uh, answer any more hockey questions? Feel free to mess DM us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, we'll be sure to answer them. So me and Matt and I, we did a fun exercise earlier, where we've talked about a lot of players that are left in the playoffs, and there's a lot of talent, and uh, we decided to kind of put together uh, a two-person draft and assemble two teams and kind of see who you, the fans, think would win if they played a seven-game series. Uh, so, you uh, – <laughs> this, yeah, how this do you was pretty do fun. Do you want to just, like, read 
each round pick, or do you want to go off? I didn't make lines yet, but I can if you want. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can read it if you want to do that while I am. I'll read kind of slow. Okay. Uh, so the way it worked was we we did uh, I picked first, he picked second, third. You we kind of snaked. Uh, so first I picked Ovechkin. I just think his his playoff experience and uh, you know leading the league in goals with Pasternak I think makes him a pretty easy sniper to get. Uh, Matt picked Nikita Kucherov from the Lightning and David Pasternak of the Bruins. Uh, you want to kind of explain why you picked them? Oh yeah. So I mean, basically, I mean Brian took Alex Ovechkin, who's probably the best goal scorer that's left in the playoffs. Um, so I figured why not capitalize and take probably the second best goal scorer in Pasternak and then someone who can also, who can score and distribute the puck with Nikita Kucherov. Um, so that was kind of my logic with the first two picks there. Yeah. And then coming back, I picked, uh, Nathan McKinnon from the avalanche and, uh, Victor Hedman from the lightning. So I got a star center and probably the best defender left in the playoffs in the lightning. Uh, I mean, again, I just kind of wanted a good defender in that round. And then Matt went with Alex Petrangelo, the captain of the Blues, and Vasil- Andre Vasilevsky, the goalkeeper for the, the Lightning. Um, so Had to lock up a good goalie. And Petrangelo is just a veteran. He knows his stuff. He skates well. He shoots the puck. He distributes everything. He's a defenseman. It's just a pretty good pick, I think, in my opinion. I like Petrangelo a lot. Yeah, no, I think he's he's a very good guy to have, especially as a, a leader. So then I went Patrick Kane and Carey Price. Patrick Kane, I think his uh, his resume kind of speaks for itself. Um, I mean, he's he's a sniper. You got him and Ovechkin on two sides. I mean, that's that's good. And then Price, as I mentioned earlier, I think he's he's a guy that I think the Canadians could potentially beat the Flyers, and he'd probably be a big reason why. And then Matt went with Johnny Gaudreau of the Flames and John Carlson of the Capitals. Yeah, again, just Johnny Gaudreau. I, I've, I've liked him for a while. He's probably one of the only guys I like on the Flames. Um, just a super, super agile, super athletic, fast skater. Um, scores goals when he needs to. And then John Carlson, um, another good defenseman, solid defenseman that's got experience in the league and distributes the puck and – does kind of everything as a defenseman that you'd want. So that, that was why I picked him. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just kind of run through these last few. Uh, I don't know if uh, people really want to hear us uh, <laughs> <laughs> saying why we picked these guys. So yeah, yeah, we'll just uh, I went, I went Sebastian Ajo of the Hurricanes, uh, then Bergeron. Uh, do you have your lines done yet? If so, we can just do that, or I can keep no, going. No, we can just keep going with this this format. I'll just talk about. It. We don't really need to do lines, I don't think. I think it's all right if we just let yeah, people know who yeah, we it's got. All good. Yeah, I got Bergeron, Matt, then picked uh, Marshand, and then I'll just read the rest of my team. I got Shea mm-hmm. Weber, Mark Stone, Miro Hiskinen, uh, Claude Drew, Jonathan Taze, Duncan Keith, Kale McCarr. And then I got Quinn Hughes, Tyler Sagan, Taylor Hall, Jamie Ben, Ben Bishop, and Jonathan Marchessault. Uh, so I guess my my idea of the team was have some experienced defensemen, Shea Weber, Nung Keith. Uh, I picked three very good young defensemen with Kale McCarr, uh, Mir Hiskinen, and Quinn Haight and Quinn Hughes. And then Offense, I just kind of went snipers and then distributors and Bergeron, Taze, uh, Tower, Sagan, guys like them. So uh, the rest of the Mets team rounded out to be uh, Marshand, Vladimir Tarasenko, Zach Lorensky, Brady Shea, Matthew Barzal, Mark Giordano, Andrei Shvetsnikov. It's uh, <laughs> probably the closest I've ever come. Van Riemsdyk, Alec Martinez, Ryan McDonough, uh, Jonas Corposalo, Nicholas Backstrom, Pacioretty, and TJ Ocean. Um, so, yeah, just an all-around. I think I, I think I did a good job of picking guys that, one, had experience in the league, and two, kind of just are a solid lock at their position. Um, 
McDonough, Martinez, guys like that have played in the league for a while, know their stuff as a defenseman. Um, guys like Svechnikov, who are younger, Matthew Barzal, quick, speedy guys um, that if this was a real thing, I think would be able to get it done in a seven-game series. Um, so, yeah, those are the teams. Let us know. We'll, um, I'll have our Twitter linked, I think, in the, in the description on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to this. Um, so if you want to shoot us a DM or mention us on Twitter um, and let us know, we can, we could probably do a poll or something too, right, Brian? We could probably put up a whole like Matt's team, Brian's team. And then here's also, here's also what I think we could do. We could list, uh, we could list the two teams. We could do retweet for mine, like for yours, something like that. Oh yeah. Something, something pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so, figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our, uh, our Twitter is locker room talk and it's at, lrt shows so it's lrt shows um that's our twitter um let us know um when you guys hear this and who has the better team and who do you think would win in a seven game series and if you guys want to get in depth um how many games do you guys think that that series would go um if we were comparing both teams um so i think the next thing um do you want to talk about covid brian and each sport and how we think each sport has handled COVID, how they've gone about restarting um, sports like the NFL who haven't started yet, um, how we think they're going to do, if there's a chance they play, if there's not, um, stuff like that. Do you want to go into that? Let's just – we could jump right into it. Um, so let's start, so let's start with the NBA and the NHL since they've kind of proven they've, they've already restarted and they have kind of shown that their bubble strategy – um, worked extremely well and was very efficient. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the first note is they both did bubbles uh, with the NBA being in at Disney World and hockey being over in Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, they have had no positive tests within the past month or so. Mm-hmm. And you see, I mean, yeah, the, sure, there's no crowd, but it really is starting to look like playoff like playoff hockey i mean you can kind of feel it obviously the crowd not being there and the home ice is tough but i mean watching most of these teams you can you can see as we talked about earlier teams like the canadians the blackhawks like they they look like they really want it and they're playing kind of balls to the wall but obviously covid we know is tough and um it's affected millions of lives and I think Matt and I can agree that we just want people to be safe. Mm-hmm, and for sure. if I think this bubble, these players in these two sports in particular, more hockey than basketball have been very careful and we haven't heard any real negative stories or mm-hmm. people going out and about mm-hmm. and uh, potentially catching or becoming asymptomatic. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, hockey it's really been good and having the east and the west separate i think was really smart putting yeah, uh half the, half the people in one spot and then the rest in another mm-hmm. so there's obviously less people going in and out and basketball i think again that's that's worked pretty well you've had a couple guys have to leave the bubble and then they came back self-quarantined for the time being and that's why Zion was a little bit late to start playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's all out. in all, I think kind of wrap up. I think it's, it's been great because as much as me and Matt like baseball, most of America doesn't really like it. Mm-hmm. So you, you get sports like basketball and hockey, which are typically done in June and they're extending through the summer and they're going to be leading up to NF, the NFL. And that's less than a month away. Well, you, like, theoretically less than a month away. So, yeah. um, all in all, I think uh, it's been great for sports fans. I've certainly enjoyed seeing these sports back, and uh, I think it's kind of made things get back to normal for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the NBA and the NHL kind of did did what they needed to do. They made sure that people weren't leaving, going out. Like you said, there's a couple couple instances in the NBA, um, but the NHL has been almost near perfect with how they've gone about it. Um, so I think I think the NBA and the NHL will have zero issues finishing out their season, finishing out the playoffs. Um, basketball playoffs start. Do they start this week or next week, Brian? They start Monday. All right. So yeah. So well, this, technically, this, there's yeah. the 
the playing game with the Blazers and the Grizzlies tomorrow. But right. so anyway, so Monday, Monday their playoffs start. Hockey's in the first round already. So I think I think those teams are gonna have absolutely no problem uh finishing out the season. Um the MLB is is a little bit different. Um they they have had some problems with the Marlins and the Cardinals currently. Um, the Marlins have kind of gotten past that. Um, there was an outbreak, but they, they kind of figured that out and they're playing baseball again. Um, the Cardinals, on the other hand, haven't. They've, ha- they've only played five games while other teams have played upwards of 20 now. Um, so they're going to have to play a lot of games. But the, the fa- what it comes down to with the MLB is they're not supposed to leave or go anywhere. They're supposed to go play baseball and go home or wherever they're quarantining at. That's, that's the rule. That's what they should be doing. And that's what most teams are doing. Um, you get the select handful of people that, that aren't being safe, aren't being responsible and putting other people at risk. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of tough to judge how the MLB will be moving forward. Um, I think the MLB has a chance to finish their 60 games out. I don't think it's going to be a problem for teams that follow the rules and, lessen their chance of having an outbreak because we're getting to the point now where if teams have an outbreak, they're not going to be able to finish the season because they're going to have to miss two weeks of games potentially with what we've seen from the Marlins and the Cardinals. Um, So I think, I think the baseball can do it, but very hesitant about, about how they need to do it. I basically, what am I trying to say? They, they can do it, but, they need to be careful. They need to be extremely careful on, on letting players go places and, and doing all that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same camp of baseball. I mean, yeah. I think I think it can work. I mean, you've seen roughly 27, 26 teams be very careful mm-hmm. with uh, their social distancing, not really having any risk at all. I mean, the Cardinals have literally played five games all season and the Rays have played like 21 so it's kind of ridiculous but I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be playing like 55 games in the next 60 days or so yeah the Cardinals insane yeah they got to play so many double headers just gonna tire them out and lessen their chance of even having a successful season Um, I mean they they did it to themselves but um, oh yeah absolutely and that's that's what's gonna be tough uh, I guess we can move on because one of our questions this week was what what are the odds that uh, the NFL will play 16-game season? I think there's I would no probably, shot. I think there's zero I gonna, chance. I was going to give it about like a 2% chance, so we're, we're pretty close. Yeah, I don't think there's any shot that the NFL finishes 16 games. I think it's going to – I think I, – I haven't heard or seen anything about a plan going into it. Um, about anything um there might be one and they just haven't released it yet or i'm just missing it and i haven't seen it um but i think the nfl is going to be one of those situations where they're going to start the season play one or one two three weeks of football and then something something's going to happen an outbreak or something like that and i think it's just going to be too too late at that point to turn back and play a 16 game season yeah i mean i saw the other day that less than one percent of the league uh have COVID now. Mm-hmm. Most of them are getting off the COVID list. Um, that's all well and good. I think they have. Well, I mean, I. It's as we said, it's kind of tough to uh to get a bubble for the NFL because of all the traveling they're gonna do mm-hmm. uh, every week. And yes, basketball or baseball isn't a contact sport, so you're not sure when you're on first base. With, as a runner and then the first baseman trying to hold you on, you're near someone. Football, you're lined up across from someone every single play. Yeah, the whole um, entire game. I know they've tried making those those masks within, like, the face mask. That can help. Uh, I think throughout training camp, it's going to be fine because they're not going to be really going anywhere, and they're only going to be playing against each other. And the NFL, I think, is going to try. And they, there's too much money on the line for them not. Uh, so I think they're going to – I would probably say a month is realistic maybe for them to play. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it depends. I mean, it, would I be shocked if they played 16 games a little bit? 
Mm-hmm. But like, I, I mean, I'm more with you. I think it's unlikely to happen. I don't know if they would completely shut it down after like four weeks and then resume later on, or they just declare it. It's not a season. Uh, I mean, that's, that's over our heads. I mean, we can talk about it, but um, I certainly think it would be good for them to try. I like that they're giving players the option to opt out and still compensating them somehow. Uh, because mm-hmm. again, football, you got 53 guys on a roster, 32 teams. There's just a lot more bodies involved. So mm-hmm. um, I just, again, I think the chances of a 16 game season are very low as you do. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it's just almost impossible to have a 16 game season with, with guys that are just going to be lined up across from each other, breathing on each other the whole game week after week. I just, I don't think it's, it's possible at all. Um, all right. So you want to go into questions, Brian? I know we had a few, few questions that we, we got asked this week. So we want to yeah, de- start off with some of yeah, them. In our, in our second, yeah, I'd say probably in our second episode, we, we've talked pretty long about uh, the NHL and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think we've had some good content. But mm-hmm. it's it'll be good to separate kind of hockey and yeah, so, yeah I think it's first, I think it's better uh, to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so wanna... yeah, we'll go we'll go with the first question. Um, my my good buddy Nick sent us a reply on Twitter, and uh, and said, "What trades do you want to see the Rangers make before slash on draft day?" Um, so I think that the Rangers don't necessarily need to trade for anybody. I think they need – because obviously they have the number one pick in the upcoming draft, and I think it's pretty well known that they're going to take the kid Alexi Lafreniere. Um, I'm pretty sure that's who they're going to go with. And if they don't go with him, I'll be extremely shocked. Um, But I don't think the Rangers need to trade uh, trade for anybody. I think the main thing is if they're going to move people, I think they need to trade away people off the team. Like, I hate Mark Stahl. I think he's useless. I don't like him at all on this team. He turns the puck over all the time. Um, I think he's a guy that needs to go. But for the most part, the Rangers are a very, very young young team. So they're still developing. I think their average age is like 25. I think they have like four people that are on the team that are above the age of 27. Um, so they're, they're super, super young, and they have a lot of development to go to. So I don't see them winning a cup in the next year or two years. I think in like three years when – Capo Caco develops a little bit more and this kid Lafreniere, if he ends up on the team develops, um, I think that's when they'll be really, really good. And if they're, if they're making a late series, like late run in the playoffs, um, then they can maybe look at trade, trade for somebody to help them. But I think they're in a really, really good spot right now. They had a way better season than, than what they were expected of this year by far. And I think, I think they're in a really good, good spot right now. I wouldn't mess anything up that they have, have going on for them. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I, I took this question a little bit of a different way, because I don't really know if they would trade many players. Kind of like you said, uh, one of our other questions later with about Lundqvist could potentially be thrown in here. But mm. um, I looked more at the free agency route. Okay. Because they're gonna have they're gonna have roughly I I've looked earlier about eighteen million space mm-hmm. because the salary cap is supposed to go up to about eighty eight million, but. Uh, obviously with some lost revenue with the fans, it's going to stay at 81.5. I mean, if you're thinking big money here, Taylor Hall, but I'm not sure they're going to go after him. I think a nice glue guy for them, a guy that can jump in the, probably the second line with, with Kreider and Strom. If you get a guy like Mike Hoffman or Miko Granlund, Mm -hmm. uh, Hoffman from the Panthers, Granlund from the Predators, uh, I mean, they're bigger kind of physical guys. Uh, they, they're decent goal scorers. Uh, I mean, they're guys that can come in and, you know, kind of be minutes eater. Uh, they can they can create some, some offense, play decent defense. Because, uh, like, I obviously don't follow the Rangers as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess my, my observation of them throughout the year was they're a young team. I kind of – I didn't – well, I, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs if the season had went on, but it was. I think this was a good experience for them. Granted, even though they got swept, they still uh, – I think a lot of these guys, like Truba, 
and um, you know Capo Caco. He those guys getting that experience, I think, is going to really help them. Uh, getting somebody, getting Lamfrieri number one is going to really help down the line. His body obviously will need to develop because mm-hmm. he's he's like six one, like one eighty, mm-hmm. but he's a he's talented. Over hundred points each of the past couple seasons. That's um, very good. Yeah, so you get a core. You got Panarin, Kreider, uh, Bushnevich was, yeah, he was good. Uh, Zabenajad obviously is good. So uh, they're going in the right direction. Yeah, defensively you got obviously you got Truba, Brennan Smith, Adam Fox, Tony. So they got some guys. Yeah, and super then, young. Uh, talk about the goalies in a little bit, but um, you know. From an outside observer's look, I think the Rangers are in a decent rebuilding spot. Um, I think I'm kind of like you. I think they're next year they could be sneak in as a seven seed, maybe succeed, mm-hmm. maybe possibly. And then, I mean, they're a bigger market team, so I think yeah. I think they're a free agent destination. People like them more than the Islanders. That's so. Why Panarin signed with them? Panarin, yeah, I think for the Rangers. Some... He made it pretty known that he wanted to play for the Rangers and so happy they did because he had a career year his first year on the Rangers. So I think, I think the Rangers are in a perfect spot right now. I'm really not worried. I'm not expecting them to win a cup in the next couple of years, but I think they're definitely going to get to that point where they're in the, in the playoffs consistently year after year in the uh, say, coming years. You make a, make a big free agent splash, give Taylor Hall 10 mil a year, nine mil a year, mm-hmm. put him with Panarin and Zibanejad Kreider. I mean, you got a good offense right there. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. For sure. We will. We'll see. Question, Nick. All right. Yeah. So then, I guess we'll just jump into what Zach had uh, asked us. He said, "Where does Henrik Lundqvist go next season?" Um, I think Henrik Lundqvist is staying on the team. I think he's going to be the backup goalie. I think if anybody's going to go, it's going to be Gorgiev. I don't think. I think Igor Shosturkin's a lock in for the starting goalie next year. I don't think there's any question in my mind. I don't think Lundqvist is going to be the starter. I think they're going to keep Lundqvist strictly for the reason that he can mentor the crap out of Igor. He can show him what he's learned over his years when he was insanely good. Um, I think I think Georgiev is going to be the guy to go. I don't think Lundqvist is going to another team. I don't think – I think his, just, his career is – if he's not going to retire, he's going to be on the Rangers next year. They're not going into the year next year with three goalies, though. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep up on that because I know Igor is going to be a lock. He's like a 22-year-old stud who came out of nowhere for them. I didn't even know they had him in their system. And he got called up and he played a great season um, until he got hurt. But I think, I think Lundqvist is still in the Rangers next year. I don't, I, don't see, I don't see him going anywhere soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you, you know more about the situation than me, but uh, I think because Henrik – He's obviously had a very established career. Uh, he seems like a kind of guy that would be willing to mentor someone. But, again, I'm sure he's a very competitive guy. And I'm not sure that he's going to want his – at the end of his career to be a guy that sits behind uh, Igor and kind of mentor him again. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think the Rangers will gladly bring him back as a backup and a mentor. And I think Henrik is definitely the kind of guy that should play with the Rangers his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, as he has one year left on his deal, it's eight mil. So that's not a, that's not a small chunk of change. Yeah. And that could kind of actually, that could be a segue into, into the next question we got. Actually, it says, is this the end of the line for Lundqvist, even though he has time left on his contract? Yeah. Um, so going. So continue. You know, what you're saying. Sorry to interrupt, but I figured we can throw that in there. Yeah. No. No. That that was good. It, it does segue in. Uh, I was thinking about some potential trade spots uh, for him because the Blackhawks, Crawford, Corey Crawford's contract expired. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't have a ton of cap space. I was just thinking more like logistically where he might go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canucks. I think they're. Markstrom's played pretty well, but he's also a free agent. If they want to bring in a guy like Henrik, uh, the Oilers are interesting to me. If they can get, if they could trade for him to pair with uh, that good offense, uh, 
the Flames. Again, these are just trades that yeah. could happen. I don't think they will. Uh, I definitely don't think they trade them in the East. But, yeah. again, from an outside observer, I'm sure you can probably uh, relate. I think his his plays fell out, fallen off a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Henrik. He's horrible. And, uh, yeah, no, he uh, – again, it's going to – I think it's really going to be Henrik's decision. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be Henrik. I was going to say, I think they're going to come up to him and say, listen, uh, we think you've been great for our team, and uh, we think Igor's gotten really well, really good. We think he's the future of this team. Uh, well, we're willing to give you the role of uh, being a mentor and playing uh, some nights, like if he plays maybe 20, 25 games, mm-hmm. and then – He's a very good – he's a very capable backup for if Igor was to ever get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. But, again, I, w- I also wouldn't put it past Henrik to retire. Yeah, abs- that's, I think that's he the other yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's if, if I had to – I guess I've kind of went on for a while. But if I had to guess, I'm more like – I'm more with you. I mm-hmm. think he plays out his, his $8.5 million, $8. million contract, stays with the Rangers, um, I think he'll be the backup, and yeah. if not, he could get traded, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last question we have this week is a baseball question. Um, it says, do you think Aaron Judge's injuries injuries year after year will affect his elite status in the league? Um, so obviously news today, Aaron Judge is on the 10-day IL with a right calf strain, um, which is completely shocking because Aaron Boone just completely lied to the media. And told every, all the, told the fans, told the media that Aaron Judge was completely fine. There was nothing wrong with him. He pulled him out of the game on Tuesday for rest in the sixth inning, and it was just a load of garbage. He had he was sore in his lower body, and then it came out today that he has a right a right calf strain, and he's on the ten day IL. So he joins Giancarlo Stanton, another guy who can't stay healthy. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that will affect his elite status in the league. Um, I think everybody knows that Aaron Judge is definitely still a top five if not if not the best right fielder in the league um just because of what he brings with his arm and his fielding and his bat um but I do think it's going to affect him getting a contract that's worth what he's probably going to want um so in terms of affecting his elite status I don't think it's going to affect that but I do think it's going to affect him getting the contract that he's going to want and probably deserves if he could stay healthy for 150 games a year or even in a 60 game season playing 55 games at minimum is what he should be playing if not all 60 um so if you want to touch on Aaron Judge you can yeah I mean I he's obviously a little bit on the older side being 28 uh, I mean, he, as you know, he looks like a tight end out there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like Judge. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very good player. Um, he is tremendously improved. His when he came, he was pretty much just a power guy. Uh, struck out a ton. Now he's kind of he's been taking what pitchers have been giving to him while hitting bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, I think. I don't think it hurts his elite status per se. Um, I, I'm a big believer in uh, availability is your best ability. And that's my biggest problem with Stanton on the Yankees. We'll talk about him on other shows. Um, mm-hmm. It's just you're, you're on the team and you're expected to do big things and you can't do them if you're injured. Uh, obviously, he's out at least 10 days which was retroactive from the last time he played. I wouldn't even so, be shocked if he's theoretically, out he could be a month. I was going to say, theoretically, he could be out uh, at, at least a week, if not more. Mm-hmm. But, again, that the division really, other than the Rays right now, isn't, a, isn't too much to worry about. Yeah, uh, it's, just another, it's just another thing for Judge. Last year he was hurt for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think it's obviously frustrating. And I think, to answer your part of the question, I'm not sure I would give him a long-term contract if I was a team. I would be hesitant. I was hesitant if I was the Dodgers to do it with Mookie. Uh, 
But Judge, I think, again, he's a very good player, but these injuries, they're, they're all tallying up for the team. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, thank you all for your questions. Um, I think we're going to make that a daily segment. Um, not daily, but like we're going to make that a weekly segment on our episodes. We're just going to have, have you guys send us your questions about what we're going to be talking about during the, during the podcast and uh, kind of just answer them down the line if they pertain to the episode. And the more and more we'll get, we'll probably start to like pick and choose certain ones for the episode, um, depending on what we talk about. Um, but I think that's all we have for them today, right, Brian? I think that's about it. Yeah, our second episode, if you want to, if you want to tune in, we'll touch more on the NBA, uh, some MLB, and then down the line, I promise we'll get to the NFL uh, <laughs> as the majority of America is very interested in the NFL. As we get closer um, and closer to the season, we'll yeah, definitely be no, talking thank- a lot about that. Yeah, exactly. We'll have a bunch of shows dedicated to mm-hmm. all these different sports. Um, For sure. And if we we ever have a couple or a topic that's very pressing, we can do some sort of emergency pod. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, some break, breaking news type thing. So mm-hmm. uh, again, yeah, like Matt said, thank you all for listening. And uh, this was fun, Matt. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people like it, and we'll be able to do more like it. Exactly. We're probably going to try to upload for now until until the nfl starts um we're probably going to upload it every monday i would say or sad we're thinking about saturdays or mondays so if you guys want to let us know on twitter um which day you guys prefer or um, would be better if you guys are going to be listening um definitely let us know on there our twitter is at lrt shows um and uh we'll see you guys in the next episode all right see ya. 